For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hootball Hawks, where we cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm recording this on Tuesday, January 11th, 2022, the day after. Obviously, the Georgia Bulldogs won a national title, so, you know, congratulations to the home state team on winning a national title over the Crimson Tide of Alabama. Obviously, I didn't have a dog in the fight, no pun intended. But, you know, it's good to see people who have not won titles in a while win. So, you know, all you Georgia Bulldogs supporters, uh, definitely uh, soak this one up. I've experienced three national title wins in my lifetime, and each one is sweet. So definitely, you know, relish in this moment. Uh, we have a pretty loaded podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk briefly about you know, going to the City of Angels this past weekend as far as for the Hawks and going 0 for 2 from the field, uh, which is not what we wanted to happen. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. But big article that came out for The Athletic, written by our friend of the program, Chris Kirshner from The Athletic, talking about the current frustrations on this team and getting some quotes for some players, including John Collins, who had something to say and could be some foreshadowing for maybe moves ahead. And we're going to talk about potential changes on the roster, who's on the trading block, uh, rumors as far as around the league, as far as disgruntled players or people available for trade, and where do the Hawks fit in. And we're going to talk through all this with a very special guest who is back today. But first, this plug. If you like losing money, turn this off right now. But if you love free band, free bands, just like Super Future, then keep listening. Sports betting is getting huge across the nation, and all of my homies love to bet on games. There are a bunch of sites out there for sports betting, but all of my homies love my bookie. Why? Because it's so easy to use. And since y'all my homies too, I'm going to plug you. All my homies listening right now can sign up for my bookie with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus. 100%. Just like an A-plus in school. Hopefully you got them, but if not, this your chance to get 100%. You like playing blackjack? There are some very fun and free blackjack tournaments, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. 
There is so much that you can do on my bookie. And the best thing is, is that no cash is required to enter. And you can win up to $100 in daily challenges and up to $1,000 in weekly tournaments. So you want a chance at free cash money? Then again, my homies, sign up with the promo code HOOPBALL to unlock a 100% deposit match bonus and try to score some in the words of future, like I said earlier, free band, free band. All right, and we are back. I am pushing P just like gonna future Young Thug song. DS4 is out. It's a good album. Been slapping that for the last few days. And uh, I know my co-host for today has been slapping that tape as well. We have him. He's back. Mr. Drip himself. King Drip himself. The ultra-talented King David Bracey, David, it's good to have you back on the show, man. It's good to talk to someone other than myself. Uh, tell the audience how you are doing and how you are feeling right now. Oh, man, Brad. Well, as always, I greatly appreciate the introduction. Um, feeling decent, man. It's been a while. Glad to be back on the program. Longtime fan. Um, really, really been loving all the content you've been putting out in the meantime, but uh yeah, there's been a lot going on with your Hawks. They've been in the news a little bit more lately ever since uh, the GM went on the radio. So I'm excited to to chop it up and talk about what, what possibilities lie ahead because the trade deadline is definitely looming. So let's get into it. Yeah, it is definitely looming. And uh, we did talk on the last program about Travis Schlenk's comments. Uh, Clint Capella making, you know, a heartfelt plea for defense uh, for this Hawks team and even Lou Will, who gave a heartfelt speech before the Clippers game and then was inactive for the Clippers game. I'm returning back to crypto.com arena, formerly known as Staples Center. Um, as we did say at the top of the program, the Hawks uh, ended their West Coast road trip, taking on both teams in L.A. Friday night, another Friday night ESPN game. And of course, the Hawks lose that one. Friday night ESPN games for the Hawks, David, have been not great. Not great. Even in the playoffs, I don't really remember great Friday night ESPN performances from the Hawks. I mean, I would have to go back and look at the schedule, but ran into a Lakers team and people can look at the Lakers record for what it is. And yes, they have their problems, but they have been trending in the right direction as of late, uh, doing some different things, putting LeBron at the five and having more of a small ball lineup to create, you know, lanes for people and you know open shots for others you know we had Avery Bradley and Malik Monk going off on us on Friday night and then you had LeBron James cleaning it up uh down the stretch uh so another game where the Hawks gave up 130 points plus uh the Hawks have given up the most 130 plus point performances in the NBA this year and so just to, you know, start the conversation off, because it was a completely different story when they played the Clippers. They played defense against the Clippers. Offensively, they just weren't there. Bogey was in rhythm, but Trey Young struggled from the field. John Collins couldn't get you double, couldn't get the double digits that game. Um, so as far as defense for the Hawks, uh, where do you think the problem lies? I know people talk about effort, maybe personnel. People want to blame the coach and I mean, Coach Damon Miller is an easy target, but who do you really place blame on as far as the defensive woes for the Hawks? Because it's not like this is new. It, they weren't a great defensive team last year. I feel like they gave more effort on the defensive end last year, but 
who do you point the finger at? I wouldn't necessarily say that there's one individual that you could assign all the blame to. Um, and, 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 and there's you shouldn't do that. I mean, logical yeah. people don't do that. Yeah, when it comes to sports. Of course. And, you know, we're two of the most logical brothers there are. So, you know, we don't even need to go there. Um, but for those who are illogical, you know, and need a little bit more analysis behind our reasoning, let me break it down. I mean, basically, there's a couple different ways you could approach you could approach it. If you're looking at it from a statistical perspective, clearly the weak link is Trey Young defensively. Um, and that's pretty evident in the plus minus with him on and off the court. Um, unfortunately for them, he may be their weakest defender, but he is clearly their their strongest offensive player. Um, that, that's without question. So that's going to be a consistent and constant struggle that I believe the Hawks can eventually write, um, just as you've seen the Warriors find success and, you know, working schemes around Steph Curry, given his, you know, at times defensive inabilities. Um, and he's come a long way as well. So I think Trey Young definitely still has a lot of room to grow in that regard. Um, but a real problem for the Hawks in regards to defense is the depth that they have. And they say that the best ava- the best ability is availability. And unfortunately, the, the Hawks' best perimeter defenders, in theory, have rarely been available. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they brought in Chris Dunn at a period of time, supposed to be, a, a you know, a wing perimeter defender. Guy was injured a lot. Um, same can be said about their prize draft pick, DeAndre Hunter. Also prize draft pick, Cam Reddish. Hunter has a little bit more defensive versatility and reputation coming into the league. Um, unfortunately, none of that has really come to fruition, again, because he's been unavailable. Um, and Reddish, you know, the, the potential is there in, in a bunch of different ways really predicated on his athleticism but again this is a guy who hasn't necessarily been healthy can't really stay in the lineup um and truthfully when he's on the court i think the priority for cam reddish is to shoot the ball not really do anything else with it um so these are these are struggles for the hawks that they're going to have to figure out capella was brought in to kind of help them anchor anchor it around the rim um and again you know he's kind of been a little bit injury bitten as well so hopefully the hawks are getting all these injuries out of the way early and they're poised for just, you know, a four or five year run of just good health and success in the regular and postseason. But until that, you know, until that manifests itself, they, they, they definitely do have some questions. So, yeah, I think availability is, is the biggest issue for the Hawks when it comes to defense. Yeah. And, and they've had a bunch of bad luck. I mean, COVID has gotten everybody, but just a slew of injuries is starting, you know, as soon as the season ended with Oyeka Congo, a really, you know, bright, uh, young defensive player, your sixth overall pick from last year's draft, uh, really showing some things on the defensive end, especially showing some rim protecting ability to guard multiple positions and finish in the paint. Uh, he not being available to de- mid-December and then getting COVID was, didn't help either. Uh, so we just been, we've just had a lot of bad luck with injuries and availability. And we've had that last year, but we were able to overcome it. And now this year, we're going through the same things. It's almost the same script. And people are frustrated. I mean, people on the team are frustrated. John Collins, you know, we talked about he wishes they played more team basketball. He echoed those same sentiments last year around this time. Travis Schlenk, we already talked about in the last episode um, that they're just not a good basketball team right now. This is not a product that's going to win games and make some noise in the postseason. So there may be some changes. You know, Trey Young is just frustrated. He, when asked, uh, he's usually optimistic, but when asked about 
you know, another loss and a poor defensive performance, poor offense performance for the Clippers. He just said, I don't know, to be honest with you. He said, I just feel like this is getting repetitive. Uh, since my early years of losing, we tried so hard to find a way to win and it's not enough. We just have to find our way. It's tough. I don't know how to answer the question. I think that stays between myself and myself. And as a franchise player, that just sounds like – does that sound like the, a guy to you, David, that just feels like he's just doesn't necessarily have the help around him? Is that what that comment is? Because uh, he, usually he's very up, optimistic and upbeat, but he just sounded a little defeated in that comment. Yeah, you were saying Collins made those comments. Uh, Trey Young made these comments. Uh, John Collins oh, okay. made the comments about just he just want them to play better team basketball. And he's also talked to Naaman Millen, just like he talked to uh, Tra- uh, no, not Travis Lane, uh, <laughs> Lloyd Pierce last year about getting more plays called for him. And he's not necessarily getting those plays called for him. So that's John Collins is frustrated. Team basketball not getting enough touches. Trey Young is just you know, just confounded by whatever is going on right now. And do you feel like in the comments that I mentioned re- re- attached to Trey Young, do you feel like he, he's just defeated right now? He feels like he's not getting enough help. And then as far as John Collins, the team basketball aspect, I would love to get your insight on that one as well. Yeah, absolutely. So to to your latter point um, uh, about John Collins, I think simply put, he is a young guy who has just come into a large contract, who is still trying to really find who he is in the NBA. Um, I think John Collins has a firm idea of who he wants to be. Uh, That's not necessarily who he may be on a night-to-night basis for the team that he plays for. Um, And again, I think a lot of that is because of the unfortunate, you know, overabundance of riches that the Hawks find themselves with in terms of roster depth. Um, So for Collins, I think that when they, whatever the Hawks may end up doing, um, this regular season, this upcoming postseason and beyond, um, if they do maintain him on the roster, I think their ability to get rid of some of those assets and um, potentially enhance some of his strengths offensively while covering up maybe some of his weaknesses defensively is going to help him find some comfort in his game in Atlanta and hopefully kind of, you know, be more satisfied because, uh, I mean, he, he's a hell of a player and I think him and Trey Young really have a good one-two punch. So I don't think that he's necessarily in a hurry to get out of there. I just think that he wants to feel like a more important piece on the roster. And I don't blame him for that. Um, yeah. And and just to you know, add on to your point, uh, it's funny because he's talking about the frustrations this year. And yet he's shooting a career high, almost 43% from three this year. Uh, the points per game, obviously, he's been taking a dip since there's more around him. Uh, he may not have the same rebounding numbers as last year. That's taking a little bit of a dip. Uh, and we talk regularly on this program about how the Hawks need to share the ball and that magic number of 24 team assisted. And recently, if if Trey Young's not assisting on, you know, made baskets for the Hawks, no one else really is doing it. And you just can't win basketball games with 19, 20, 21 team assist. And you look at the stat sheet and see the other team well in the mid to upper 20s or even the 30s. That Lakers team, they had well over 30 team assists on Friday night, which led to obviously their outburst of 130 plus points. Uh, so I completely agree with John Collins that there needs to be more ball movement. There needs to be more plays called um, outside of just the 
the one pick and roll action that is the main action in that offense. And, you know, that is a slight at Nick McMillan. And I've always said that they need to have an offensive minded assistant coach to maybe come in and run the offense and, you know, generate some plays to get some people some other looks. So um, I agree with John Collins there as far as the team basketball aspect. Uh, but uh, I'm going to let you uh, comment on Trey Young as well. Yeah, I agree with you as well, Brad. Um, and with Trey Young, you know, I mean, this is he's the leader of the team, he's the leader of the franchise. This is a guy who considers himself one of the best in the NBA. Um, he had a taste of success last year. They had a deep postseason run. They went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals. And this year, I mean, right now, they're really not even in playoff contention. So I'm sure he's looking around the room and wondering, you know, what what is happening? What is going on? How have we come so far to seemingly fall so short this season? Um, but you know, th there's still a lot of time left. They're still one of the better teams in the East. Um, and as I said, you know, they've just had, and as you, you know, you said as well, they've had a lot of roster kind of shuffle, especially this season. You know, you, you have the additions of these guys that you resigned, you have guys coming in and out of the lineup because of COVID. You have the rookies that you drafted that you're trying to integrate into your team. Um, there's been a lot going on, you know, the, there definitely has. Um, and, and Trey Young is kind of the one fixture that is supposed to help them stay the course in the storm because of how talented this guy is. Um, and I think, you know, he's starting to feel what a, a, lot, of, a lot of guys feel um, if they're fortunate. And that's what you would consider to be a superstar, you know, the superstar's burden. Um, the, the, this is the gift and the curse. You know, when, when you are that great, you know, all the expectations are going to fall on your shoulders. And unfortunately, when those expectations don't intersect with reality, you know, the, that, that, is a, that is a heavy weight to bear. Um, and, and that's what Trey Young's going through right now. But adversity will make him better. Um, these struggles will hopefully make their team stronger and more cohesive uh, as they approach the postseason. Um, so, like I said, Atlanta's really got a lot of promise. They, they have a very, very bright future. And as we will continue to talk about, their issue is they have too many people on their roster. It's a great problem to have. There's so many franchises in the NBA that wish they had that problem. So, you know, one of the ones, unfortunately, I mean, they may have just beat you in L.A., but, like, the Lakers wish they had the problem that the Hawks have. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it, it is a good thing. It, it will work itself out. You have a good front office. I think it will work itself out. Yeah, and I've talked about it multiple times about how there's too many mouths to feed offensively, and they really need to figure out a way to streamline the offense. And I think – with so many mouths to feed and a lot of offensive-minded players, I think that leads to some of that defensive struggles that we've been talking about and we've been seeing, uh, especially when you alluded to Cam Reddish, who sometimes when his shot's not falling, he doesn't give the same effort on the defensive end, not having the availability of DeAndre Hunter um, the entire year, not even having availability of uh, Yekka Okonkwo the entire year. Uh, Capella's been out of the lineup, and I know he came – off of that Achilles injury in the offseason. So it took him a while to get back to form. And we started seeing him get in the form and then boom, he rolls his ankle. Now he has a he's doubtful with an ankle sprain for tomorrow night. So it's just a lot of bad luck. And like you said, just a good problem to have just too many players on the roster that needs, you know, their amount the, the basically that needs the ball in their hand to score. And it's crazy because we're wasting and I'm saying wasting because there's time to turn this around. This is arguably Trey Young's best year of his career. When you look at the numbers, uh, turnovers are slightly below his career average, but he's averaging 20, 28 points this year. Uh, first off, he's top five in assists 
per game and points per game. And as of a few weeks ago, I think last week or so, he was number one in points scored the NBA ahead of Steph Curry. Uh, so he's averaging 28 points per game and almost a steal a game, 9.6 assists this year, four rebounds, uh, almost 90% from the free throw line, uh, 4%, 3 percentage points up from his uh, career average. He's shooting 37% from three, almost three, uh, three percentage points better than his career average, shooting 45% from the field up this year as well. So he has been he's had a monster year. He's going to be an all star. But again, I just hate like like that game in Portland. You have a career high 56 and you only have two other players scoring double digits to help you out. And on top of that, you give up 130 plus points to a trailblazers team that doesn't have C.J. McCollum and Dan. So it's time to um, we talked about, uh, you know, in bogey even said it, we're not a good team right now. They're not a good team right now. Five games below 500 right now, 17 and 22. And when you look at the standings in the east, there's 100 percent. Again, we're going to I'm very optimistic. You are, too. They're going to turn this around. Uh, but it's such that you look at the standings and they're 12th. They're 12th in the east right now. And in the last 10 games, they're three in the last 10 games. Not good. Currently in the midst of a long, long losing streak at home that it seems never ending at this point. And it's just very frustrating. So now um, there's people who talk about, well, wow, Nate McMillan needs to be fired. He's been out on, uh, on COVID protocols right now. So I don't think here's the thing. And me and you, we've talked about this, David. If you continue to talk about the same problems from last year to this year and there's a change with coaching. It has to be a personnel problem, and we alluded to it. There's a little bit too many mouths to feed. So now, with that being said, who do you have on the trading block uh, for this Hawks team to shake some things up in the roster to streamline the offense and get this team going in the right direction? Well, I mean, there's so many options, so – It's really just a question of, to me, it's less of a question of who can I get rid of and more the question of who can I get. Mm, So, yeah, I I think with that being said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to hot potato the, the rock back to you. What team or target do you want to talk about first? Because obviously there's plenty of rumors going around, Um, you know, so kind of sussing those out, which ones are the most viable, which ones aren't. Um, what do you what do you think? What what's a what what do you think a, a priority for the Hawks should be? Well, definitely defense, definitely defense, and yeah. with Bogey not being available as much as we would like, uh, I know everyone talks about a second secondary playmaker, ball handler on this team. When you think about the combination of defense and a secondary ball handler playmaker. Ben Simmons comes to mind, which is one of the you know places we've been linked to right now. We're considered one of the top suitors for Ben Simmons. And then Philly just came out today. Um, shout out to my boy Pat Benson uh, for Sports Illustrated covering the Atlanta Hawks around here. That's the homie on Twitter. I just wanted to give you a shout out, man. I know you listen to the program and uh, love the work that you do. Uh, Mr. Benson Jr. Put some respect on his name. But, I mean, Philly has said. Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons are willing to be packaged for a move. 
And I don't know if we necessarily need Tobias Harris, but I mean, Ben Simmons could be a fit. I mean, we talk about defense and I think about the potential of a, a lineup where you have DeAndre Hunter healthy, Ben Simmons and Capella defensively. That's disgusting, in my opinion. That That is and then you have a guy who can, I mean, although not a great free throw shooter, a man who gonna put his head down and get to the basket, collapse the defense, and boom, even open up things more for these jump shooters on the Hawks team. So I know people were kind of questioning the fit, and I go back and forth daily thinking about it. But Ben Simmons in Philadelphia could make sense, obviously, for the right offer and what Daryl Morey wants up there in Philly. Um, and I know there's bad blood between the franchises from playoffs, and I, I love that for the Hawks now, but I don't know. Like, do you think it's a good fit? Um, do you think Tobias does come? Who do we give up if there is a Ben Simmons trade to be made for the Hawks? For the Hawks, I think that, and, you know, listeners of this program may not like what I'm about to say. For the Hawks, I think that the Ben Simmons trade scenario was a very real possibility until Tobias Harris was added into the conversation. I agree. From, from yeah. what I have heard, um, and and Mark Spears um, and Brian Windhorst reported on this earlier today, um, from what I have heard that as soon as that component was added to the trade conversation, that the, the conversation ended with Atlanta. Um and it's not that it's because they're just so disinterested in Tobias Harris. It's because this is a guy who is going to be making seventy-seven plus million dollars. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's not necessarily what his value is currently in the NBA. Um, so you know that's 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 something to consider. That's a lot of money on top of Ben Simmons' contract. Um, it's a lot of money to be bringing back. Uh, obviously the Hawks, you know, have the players. Um, I'm sure they could figure something out with salaries, maybe even get a, a third team involved in there. But um, it just seems like it's going to be too tall of a task with both of those two guys potentially being packaged and sent out. Um, unrelated to the Hawks, but directly related to the Ben Simmons trade conversation. Another thing that they did mention during this conversation, Brian Windhorst and Mark Spears, was that there is some belief with the executives that the reason why Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris are now being potentially included in a package um, is because if the Philadelphia 76ers are unable to secure the all-star caliber player that they're hoping for, a la Dame Lillard, Brad Beal, et cetera, um, there is a real possibility that they may trade out both Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris to open up cap space and make a serious run at James Harden in free agency this summer as he has not yet accepted an extension in Brooklyn. Um, and obviously that situation is very fluid. So I don't know what truthfully could happen. Maybe Philadelphia ends up making a deal with Atlanta simply because Atlanta has the abundance of riches that they would want to bring back if they are keen on a potential Daryl Morey, James Harden reunion. I, I don't know. Um, the only other team that I think would have the requisite assets to send back would be a team like the Thunder, but I don't see the Thunder getting rid of picks and young players for two established veterans, uh, as, such as Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. So I just I just don't see another team that would outbid the Hawks if it did turn into a bidding war. Um, 
but again, I think it's just going to be the the appetite of the 76ers and what they're looking to get. I agree. And another thing, when you talk about adding Tobias Harris, you talk about that's a lot of money to absorb. Uh, I'm not sure where we are, but um, they said the Hawks are staring down the luxury tax um, for the first time beginning next season because of, you know, Gallo's contract, who Gallo should be in any trade uh, rumor if Atlanta is going to move a player. Uh, He had a really good November through mid-December. COVID happened and now he's struggling to, you know, get his legs back underneath him. Um, so Gallo is a likely candidate to be moved because of the contract and the money that he's owed the next couple of years. Uh, but staring at that luxury tax, as soon as you, like you said, Tobias Harris entered the chat, <laughs> that line got out of the chat for right now. Uh, so if it's just going to be just, you know, Ben Simmons, I, th- I think there is a move to be made, but I definitely agree with you there. Um, some other articles that I've been seeing, I know that maybe not, this dude's not a defender. He's had injury problems, but, I know Karis LeVert has been mentioned by a lot of, you know, writers when they talk about trade scenarios for Atlanta. I know a Jalen Brown in Boston um, has been mentioned. Uh, and I put Portland on the list because, you know, Rocco and Nurkic. But who knows if there's something to be made there uh, with Portland. And I would open up the, you know, the door for others as well. So just wanted to pick your brain about, you know, some of those options if there are moves made, to be made there. Or do we need to just kind of just as we're impatient because of where the Hawks are right now? Do we have to be patient to see how things materialize as far as trade, getting close to the trade deadline and seeing what is actually going to be available out there? Yeah, you know, I think patience is always a virtue um, when it comes to situations like this for front offices. Uh, however, you have to always be, you know, evenly opportunistic. Um and if a trade does materialize and potentially materialize, you have to be willing to 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 get that done. Um, because, again, you know, the ultimate goal is winning an NBA championship. And the Hawks would like to be able to say that they have done that, you know, in, in the past X amount of decades, um, just like any NBA franchise would any any professional sports team. You know, you you can you can't keep referencing banners that are hanging from bygone eras for all time. You know, you have to give your fans something tangible, something present. And clearly Atlanta, um, you know, is is loving the basketball experience, the, the basketball revival that they have found with this iteration of the Hawks. So, like I said, you know, your front office is good. I think that they are going to try to be aggressive. Um, and I think obviously Travis Link's comments, how he said it may have been a mistake to bring everybody back. Um, that is something coming from a guy who clearly is going to make a move. Um, I don't really see something coming to their door in the buyout market because Atlanta isn't necessarily a destination like that. Um, so I think it definitely is better for them to be more aggressive where the trade market is still active um, than to try to do something later. Um, but so just to rattle off some of those names, Nurkic, I'm very curious to see what Portland ends up doing with him. I'm curious to see what they end up doing with their whole team. Um, this is a guy who's going to be a free agent this summer. I, I don't know if he's a buyout guy potentially um then maybe that could be great uh i don't know if he's a potential trade target if portland decides to blow it up that situation is so tenuous right now i really don't know where it's going to go um in regards to Jalen brown uh the secret's out like 
Boston's not not trading those guys. Like that's just not happening. It's just like the Brad Beal trade that we've been talking about for the past five seasons. Like it's just <laughs> not happening. You know, like we may want it to happen. We may think it needs to happen. We may think that those guys will know what they're doing as in the front office, not as in Jalen and Jason. But like that is a core that they clearly are going to maintain. And I'm not going to be the guy who is sitting here five seasons from now saying that all that trade is right around the corner um, because most of those guys live in Portland. um, And now that trade is actually happening with their backcourt. So they gave it a decade, didn't work out. I think Boston's probably going to give this a decade, truthfully, um, because the guys are just so young, you know, and they're in the East. So I just don't see that, that situation materializing itself. Um, Who was one of the other names that you mentioned, Brad? Karis LeVert. That is one I'm very curious about because Indiana does seem like they're on the brink of an absolute, like rebuild. I'm very curious to see what direction they go. I think it would be, truthfully, I think it would be great for the Hawks to be able to get a guy like Karis LeVert if Karis LeVert is what he used to be. And he has gone through some very unfortunate health circumstances over the past several seasons. So I really, really hope, you know, mentally and physically, he's in a place where he can come back and contribute because he's one hell of a player when he was healthy. And I really, yeah. really liked what he was doing in Brooklyn. I liked him when he played for Michigan. Um, you know, so he, he's a very talented guy. So th- that could be great because, again, the Hawks clearly need somebody who can help them tread water in the minutes Trey Young is off the court. And for as good as Bogdanovich can be, to your point, he hasn't necessarily been available. Now, in that same token, it would give me great pause to go after anybody who has the sordid injury history Karis LeVert does, given the clear um, injury bug that is going around the Hawks roster. Like the last thing you want to do is trade out assets to bring in a guy that's sitting on your bench or worse, that is ineligible. And then you got to use a trade exception or an injury exception. Like you just don't want to have to go through all that. So yeah, to me, the Hawks should really prioritize an established veteran, somebody who is a potential two-way player, um, somebody who definitely has playmaking and ball handling ability. And most importantly, I do not think they should go after, in my personal opinion, anybody who is under 6'3". I think that they need a bigger perimeter style player. I think that low post wise, give John Collin more minutes. Hope Clint Capella's health maintains. You have young guys like Okongwu. You you have potential in the big man slot already. Um, so go out and get a wing or a perimeter player. Um, another potential perimeter player I think would be great for them. Perimeter wing, Jeremy Grant. You know, there, yeah. there's ru- there's rumors that Detroit really would love a young center. Speaking of one, you got Okongwu. You know, you you could. There, there are there are avenues that they could approach certain teams in conversation for players that may not be big names, but that could have big impact on their roster. And to me, that is where the Hawks' sweet spot is. It is not in the big name; it is in the big impact because they're a roster of not known names, but of what were lesser known names until they had big games. Okay, like and and that's what you need. Like that 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 shows cohesion. That shows growth. That shows compatibility. Um, You you know, you don't want to just go out and bring in a guy who's going to try to alpha the whole team. You have an alpha already in Trey Young. So I'm very curious to see how this plays out. Yeah, I like Jeremy Grant. I know that there's some Hawks fans who even though, you know, Clint Capella has been a really stabilizing force as far as protecting the rim. um, Availability has been an issue for him. And with the money owed. And people like a Congo, like maybe you do with the contracts, Trey Capella 
for a Jeremy Grant in, you know, see, see, see if they roll with that. And I know that there's another name that's been uh, not a hot name, uh, but I've seen, um, is it uh, Ken, Kenrick Williams for the, uh, the Thunder? Uh, I know he's been a name that's been mentioned a lot, a two-way player, three and D type guy. Um, obviously no playmaking there, but another big wing that can space the floor and guard multiple positions. I know he's a name that's been out there. Um, I know that a lot of Hawks fans, they love TLC. <laughs> they love TLC. I'm not talking about no chili down here in ATL. Timothy Luau Cabarro and a lot of people complain about how many minutes he gets. And he's been, I said, all right, he, Ken look, Reddish is, look, Ken, Ken Reddish before is, you, look, Ken Reddish look, is more talented. Before you finish, <laughs> before you finish, okay, in regards to TLC, let me just preface this by saying RIP, but I'm going to close both my left and my right eye, okay, because I am done with that man. I am done, okay? A lot of Hawks I'm fans done. are too. A lot of Hawks fans are too, and they complain about why he gets more minutes than Cam Reddish, and I scratch my head too. But then you, when you watch games, and you watch TLC's game, and then you watch Cam Reddish's game, how TLC kind of fits in the offense. Not saying he's a great offensive player, fits within the scheme better and plays t- more team basketball than Cam Reddish. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that is why he gets more minutes, and a lot of Hawks fans are going to hate to hear that, but that is why he gets more minutes. And, cool. and like I said, I mean, it's because Cam Reddish is still playing AAU basketball. He is in the mindset when he gets the basketball, I am shooting it or I'm going to the rim. Like that, right that, is, that, that is that is his modus operandi. That is what he is. That is what he is after. And TLC has been on teams with guys who actually can score, and he's been on teams with guys who can't score, and he realized that he also can't score. So he doesn't do that anymore. Like he 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 is he 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 was on the iteration of Brooklyn where they needed him to score and he couldn't, and he was on the iteration of Brooklyn where they didn't need him to score and he couldn't still, you know. So he's very comfortable with who he is, and I'm proud of him. You know, you know, more power to him. But like like I said, my eyes are closed. I'm going to sleep. TLC, creep creep creep. I'm done. <laughs> and I know that there, I've seen some trades where they just flat out just get rid of him. And I've seen uh, Bates Diop. Um, I, I saw that trade scenario out there uh, with the Spurs and other players of that same caliber who could add some defense that doesn't need the ball in their hands, uh, but just improve, improve the uh, perimeter defending for the Hawks. So, I mean, like I, I think I agree we need to be you know patient. Um, but I know there's a lot of impatient Hawks fans, five games below 500 with the success we've had last year, uh, whether they're impatient with they think Nate McMillan needs to be gone, whether there needs to be a trade. Um, we There's still some time before the trade deadline comes up to see what actually materializes out there so we know exactly what is available. But we know what the Hawks need. Secondary playmaker, uh, create shot creator. Um, or a wing defender like that, that. That is what we need. Um, and, and speaking of wing defender, DeAndre Hunter is questionable tomorrow with a right wrist after he had surgery. So he could be back for the Miami game tomorrow. Um, Cam Reddish, the other guy that we were touting to be a wing defender for us, questionable with a right ankle sprain going into the game tomorrow night. Uh, Contrapella is doubtful with a left ankle sprain. And then um, uh, Sharif Cooper is questionable with a thumb sprain right now as the Hawks do return back to Atlanta to take on the division rival Miami Heat in the State Farm Arena here 
in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, so right now, Hawks are a four-point favorite. I don't look into that anymore because we have not been playing like favorites when we are the favorites. And we are when we are the underdogs, we certainly give our effort. But the defensive effort is not there. We're trying to score with those teams. So we know Miami can defend. We know we have to bring it. So ball movement is going to be huge against Miami, even if Jimmy Butler is not playing for the Heat. We have to move the ball. We have to get multiple people touches. It has to be a spread attack. And we're going to have to get back, sit down, and defend. Miami's not known to just put up a bunch of points on the board. But if you let them, they can get hot, um, especially when you have Hero, uh, Lowry setting up things. So as far as, you know, any, is there a key for this Miami Heat game for the Hawks tomorrow to kind of Get a win, and let's get closer and closer back to the 500 mark, and then let's see from there. Uh, is there a key that you're looking at for this Miami game tomorrow night? Um, I would say the game is in Miami, correct? This game is in Atlanta, and then two days oh. later they take on the Heat in Miami. Oh, okay, absolutely. Well, I mean, they're going to need to bring it in, in both, but at least they're starting off in, at home. Against the Miami Heat, the thing I think that's always key is your mentality. Um, and yeah, they may be without Butler. They may be without Bam. Um, but they are a very tough minded team. They are going to get after you. They're going to get into you. They're going to try to make you uncomfortable. And they're definitely going to play with pace. Uh, I never worry about the Hawks playing with pace. I think that that's something that they're very, very good at. Um, the question is going to be when shots aren't falling, when they get punched in the mouth, which will inevitably happen, um, how do you respond? And this is going to be a good regular season test because Miami is going to be a tough postseason team. Um, so your ability to handle this regular season adversity in what is a pseudo back-to-back, not really a, I, I guess what would that be, a two and three? Um, it's Wednesday and then Friday. Wednesday and Friday, yes. Okay, so, yeah, I mean, th- this is going to be a good test for them. Um, and this will also hopefully you know, be an opportunity for some of these guys that may be on their way out maybe trying to make a case for themselves to stay uh, to showcase some of that talent on both ends of the court. Uh, because like I said, the trade deadline is looming teams and executives are combing around the league, looking for ways to improve rosters. Um, and there's no time like the present. So you never know what's going to materialize over the next couple of weeks. Guys need to take advantage of the minutes that they are given um, because situations can change very quickly. And they often do in the NBA. Yeah, and Miami's coming off of a hot performance against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, no pun intended with the Heat and the Suns playing uh, each other. But um, Duncan Robinson with 27 off the bench, eight three-pointers against the Suns. Tyler Hero with 33 off the bench that game. Uh, and the Heat did have six players in double digits there. So, again, we have to. it has to be team basketball, not let – people go off on us. It just seems like everyone has their best games against the Atlanta Hawks because they take advantage of them defensively. Right now, the Hawks are 27th in defensive efficiency in the NBA right now. And offensively, they're second in offensive efficiency. So we know they can score the ball. That's not that their problem is not scoring the ball. They can always improve on that end of the floor, but certainly defense and like you said, mentality going into these next two games um, is going to be a key. If you can split the two games versus Miami, I, I see that as a win because, you know, those are going to be two hard fought 
close, tight games against Miami, unless you don't come in with the right mindset and don't want to defend, uh, then they, they can blow you out because they are third in the East, even with the with Butler in and out of the lineup and then obviously a bio out for a minute for them. Uh, but if you can split with them and then you have a back-to-back on Saturday after they take on the Heat in Miami, where you have the Knicks who drummed you on Christmas Day, but you didn't, but you got everybody back now for the Hawks, and then you play the Bucks, who you still have some angst against uh, for you know getting bounced out of the playoffs, and that's going to be a TNT MLK Day game uh, here in Atlanta, and then you play the Timberwolves at home. I can see them stringing some games together here in the month of January. If they take care of business on the defensive end and let their defense turn into opportunities offensively and just share the ball, move the ball and get everybody touches, make it a spread attack offensively. So it all starts tomorrow. But obviously the the trade deadline rumors already started. That's why we had to get the homie David Bracey here on the program. So, David, before we end the program, I just want to thank you again for coming on tonight to talk over this mess that is the early part of this hawk season, but bringing some optimism and some insight as well. So tell everybody what you got going on um, and what to look out for for Mr. Bracy in the future. Well, Brad, like I said, man, I always greatly appreciate the opportunity to hop on a pod and talk about the NBA. Uh, I talk about the NBA in my free time and my spare time in my work time, uh, most of the time. And at times I'm not, I'm usually asleep. So you can find me on Instagram or Twitter, DFB underscore three. Um, hopefully getting back into the pods a little bit more so you'll hear this beautiful voice booming through your Bluetooth or surround sound very, very soon here. Um, because as we said, you know, the Hawks are, they're poised for success. And while they may be just kind of floating right now. Um, we know it won't be long before they, they continue their ascension. So Brad is going to be covering it the whole way. I know everybody who is familiar with his voice already knows all the magic that he's been doing. So you're locked in, but make sure you're giving him a five-star review. Make sure you're downloading all his episodes, leaving a review wherever you can, shouting him out. Um, Cause he's really doing awesome. Very, very proud of all the hard work you've been doing, Brad. So like I said, man, appreciate you as always. Um, and next time you need somebody to talk about the Hawks, you know where to find me. I didn't know where to find you. I uh, appreciate you again. You heard the man. If you love what you heard today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend or family member about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. As I always say, share it with fellow Hawks fans, Georgia sports fans, NBA fans, basketball fans, ceiling fans. Does not matter. Put them on to this show covering the Atlanta Hawks. Follow us on Twitter at EthosHawks on Twitter. That is at EthosHawks on Twitter. And follow myself on Twitter, Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J A R R E T T 67. Keep the faith, keep the optimism, because we can turn it around, but it's going to have to start between the ears for the Hawks, and then we can see it on the court. So with that, go Hawks. Let's take care of business against Miami tomorrow night, and we'll catch you guys next episode.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.